Welcome, everyone, where we talk about histories, mysteries, conspiracies, and creatures. I'm Spring. I'm Joe. And we're here to give you two more fantastic stories that we have found online dealing with all things strange and unusual. If it doesn't catch our attention or we don't find something to laugh about it, we're probably not going to bring it up. Just throwing that out there at you. <laughs> yeah. So. We're, not very, we're not really heavy on the dry. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has got to be something stuff. weird that makes you go, what, huh? <laughs> All right, so as always, we're going to start with rock, paper, scissors. All right. All right, here we go. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Oh, fudge. I'm learning your ways. Oh. All right, I, as, you, as if you couldn't tell, I lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is really turned around. Oh. <laughs> All right, Keith. All right, it's your turn, Joe. <laughs> All right. So today I'm going to take you to California, the, mm-hmm. the San Lucia, Lucia Mountains. Aspen, uh, California, where the beer <laughs> flows like wine. Yes. Uh, Dumb and dumber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I knew. I knew. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go to the San Lucia Mountains, uh, the mountain range. It's about 140 miles long in California from Monterey to San Luis Obispo County. Uh, it's incredibly beautiful. If you've ever been there, just uh It kind of it more or less ends. I think it ends. But it, it includes, um yeah. Big Sur, Morro Bay, Morro Rock, really gorgeous. Okay. Honestly, my favorite part of California because it's still got some of the feel of Southern California, beautiful coast, and it's not so crowded. <laughs> really? Like, I love California, but man, the whole, everything by LA is just, it's just so It's busy. crowded. I got Driving you. Driving everywhere. Ugh, it's a lot. Um, very gorgeous. So we're going to talk about the Dark Watchers. Ooh, and, the Watchers. Yeah, so this goes back like about 300 years. This is actually very old. Oh. Um, very fun and creepy, but still, people today still talk about it. Um, they're dark beings that watch you from the from the ridge. Like if you're up in the mountains, yeah. you see these things just like It's like you always feel like ridge. something's watching you turn around and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, creepy. They, they're like said to be about 7 to 15 feet tall. Cloak what figures. the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, that's tall. <laughs> I mean, an estimate. They're okay. just creepily well, watching you. Yeah, so but no from a distance, no it's got to be like three inches, you know? And they're like, well, it looked like three inches to me from the cliff, but it's got to be easily seven That one feet. was eight, seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, wow. So dark cloaked figures, often with wide-brimmed hats and staffs. I don't know why. Are they Actually, worried about the sun giving them freckles? No. <laughs> It's their get up. It reminds me um, of the, there's like a specter that people, kind of like a sleep paralysis demon kind of thing that oh. people talk about seeing that's like the dark man. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it wears a wide brimmed hat. Creeps me. I didn't know he wore a wide brimmed hat. I think yeah. the children of the corn when I think of that, where it's like, you know, those well, Amish looking of, hats. There's a bunch of uh, 
different known sleep paralysis demons. Aaron Rodgers talked about seeing this. No way. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to I'll have to look some up on this and do about a, the watchers or the sleep paralysis the demon. Sleep paralysis okay. demons, the, the dark man or something it's called. Oh I my forget. Gosh. Really that weird. Was... But also wears a hat. It was Tom Brady. He was it, just it, scared it really of Tom like, Brady. They like wide brimmed hats. Um so the earliest sightings go back about three hundred years and uh the seventeen hundred Spanish explorers called these figures Los Vigilantes Oscuros, which translates to the Dark Watchers. Uh, some claims have been made that like there was there's indigenous legends, but I couldn't find anything concrete, so I'm not going to go that, as far as to say that. Okay. But still entirely possible. Um, these sightings continued with early American settlers and even persist today. Like People talk about Still say like, they're up in mm-hmm. the cliffs and they feel like someone's watching them? Yeah, and so even some of this uh, settler lore is and can be found in in popular like American literature. Uh, American uh, author Steinbeck, you know, Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, that was yeah, funny. yeah, all that jazz. Uh, so he does a, a short story called Flight, uh, in which they're they're explicitly mentioned. Uh, it's a, okay, it's a story about uh, this kind of simple. I think he's cognitively disabled. It's, you know, doesn't outright say that, but okay. this boy yeah. Pep from a poor Mexican American settler family, well, mixed family too, because I think his his younger siblings are are um, Mexican and and African. Okay, and so all right, uh, his father has died, and so and this is way before he's. They're talking about how kind of he's the oldest. He's got this special knife that his dad gave him that he's always playing with. We always give the special neuro. <laughs> people the, knives. Guy a knife. <laughs> so uh he he is, he's sent, to, he's sent <laughs> on a trip he goes like he has to go to town and when he's staying over the night at, at friends like local people's houses he gets into he drinks well and okay. he gets into a, right. an altercation and stabs someone um i think yeah is this from watertown <laughs> <laughs> something like this happen <laughs> well he shows back up and he tells his mom what happens and she's like yeah, were you were you on the wine because <laughs> uh, he's not supposed to be drinking he can't oh, yeah. he can't handle it and so she she tells him to run and like you got to run into the, the the mountains you get we don't want the law to get you they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> get kill out you. of here and so uh before he leaves his mother warns when thou comest to the high mountains, if thou seest any of the dark watching men, go not near them, nor try to speak to them. Uh, and so kind of like the warning, the warning seems to be, and, and all the stuff that I've read about it is, is like, if you see them, don't, don't acknowledge them. Otherwise, you'll have oh. trouble. Just be aware of them. Just don't, don't try to talk to now, them. Now, I know you don't have small children, but this sounds a lot like in Minecraft how they have their Endermen because they are dark creatures that wander around and lay like, if you look an Enderman in the eyes, I don't know how you do it in a video game world, but if you make eye contact with an Enderman, they will then teleport towards you and start killing you. So, but you are, if you ignore them and you pretend they're not even there, they are peaceful creatures, but they're always around watching. But the moment you look at them, they will tell, and they're black and super long and tall and like lanky and they have purple eyes. Uh. Yes. And if you kill them, you end up with an Enderman eye or an eye of an Enderman or something like that. And you need enough of those to create a portal to get to the nether. Which is a evil. So you want to sometimes. You do want to look at them, but they are a tough beast to kill. So Ooh, that's creepy. 
I don't I know mean, if maybe not... Minecraft got their idea for the Enderman from this. Maybe. The it's Dark not Hunters. just kids. I know a lot of adults, adults and... like it. I actually didn't what play is... it once. I got bored. Yeah. <laughs> I get dizzy playing it. I can't because I can't handle the whole thing that there's two different ways. Like, one's to look and one's to move. I don't I can't do uh, that. I don't have the dexterity to keep my eyes focused on where I need to go and to move in that direction. I know Ella liked it at one point, but she didn't want it enough to keep playing it. I know she, like, got it on her phone or something. Yeah. I don't remember. My kid's friend comes over and she starts up making a house every single time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. New world. Okay, we're making a house. That's what, what well, it comes down to. Naturally, you gotta have somewhere to live. <laughs> She's not mining for diamonds. She's not trying to get in to kill the uh, the Ender Dragon. She just wants to build a nice house. <laughs> She's gonna be a good architect or something in the future. <laughs> well, well, this isn't a story about Minecraft. If you forgot, <laughs> we we're still talking about the Dark Squirrel. Watchers and particularly Stein. Steinbeck's short story, Flight. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, back to So his mom warns him to basically like try not to make eye contact, don't speak to him. Uh, and then later, Pep does see them. It says, Pep looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. Just like those creepy <laughs> uh, Minecraft guys. Uh, so apparently uh, Steinbeck had learned of the Dark Watchers from his mother. Okay. Uh, Olivia yeah. Hamilton. And uh, I couldn't find anything where he specifically talked about hearing it from his mother, but his son Thomas... Uh, and a painter named Benjamin Brody, who Steinbeck knew in life, uh, they wrote a book later called The Secret of the Dark Watchers, Ooh. and where he describes uh, Steinbeck's mother, Olive, oh, did I say Olivia? No, I just, I did write Olive before. O- Olive Hamilton, not Olivia, uh, brought fruit or sometimes flowers. Steinbeck's son, Thomas, said his grandmother, a school teacher, was no fabulist, but she believed firmly in the Dark Watchers. She told her children and grandchildren she left fruit or nuts in Mule Deer Canyon on her way to school in Big Sur. On the way back, there would be flowers in their place. Aww, so, that's sweet. That's kind of fun. I like it. Like, we're just going to creepily stalk and watch you, but if you give us food, we'll give you some flowers in return. I don't know why, but for some reason, it it's less creepy if it's a supernatural being, but if it was actually just a real stalker. <laughs> just some homeless guy like, oh, oh thanks for the nuts. <laughs> Here, I picked some flowers for you. I watch for her every day. <laughs> I watch for her every day. In I the wear this, this hat. <laughs> and I'm really lonely because no one will ever make contact, eye contact with me and no, talk no. to me. Yeah, they like, all avoid me. I don't know why. I give them flowers. Away, but, uh, I'm so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the hat? Is it the hat? <laughs> My mom said it was cute on me. I look like a grown up. <laughs> I mean, he must be. He's seven feet, or what was it, ten seven to 13 feet tall or something. <laughs> uh, so even further back, there was a um, poet, Robinson Jeffers, who wrote, I, li- I like this poem, he thought it might be one of the watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human to human eyes but are certainly not human. They come from behind ridges to watch. Uh, and so, oh, and later in this poem, these are just parts from a poem yeah. this, uh, I wrote down. <laughs> Uh, he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the quiet twilight showed his own face 
and it melted and merged in the shadows beyond it. Ooh, creepy. creepy. <laughs> I don't know if it's just poetic or maybe they found some drugs. <laughs> Melting faces isn't normal. <laughs> no. Uh, unless you're on drugs. and then <laughs> I mean, then it's normal. So there are some modern sightings. Uh, according to darkwatchers.com, if you see a dark watcher, you should... Or if you want to see a dark watcher, you should wait until the late afternoon. Uh, as the sun begins its descent behind the, the waves, look into the sharp ridges of the Santa, San, Santa Lucia Range, the mountains that rise up from the shores of Monterey and down the central California coast. If you're lucky, you might see figures silhouetted against them. So, wait, wait, wait. So, if you want to see dark watchers, you need to go into a place where there's mirages and shadows at the time when there's peak shadows in oh, order to on. see no, a dark don't, watcher. Don't ruin Wait, it. Wait, is that what you're saying? Is this... <laughs> Maybe, because that might be where I'm headed right after this. <laughs> right? Go at this very specific time. <laughs> in a place where you're going to probably like have your eyes play tricks on you. <laughs> True. And, I mean, the, the human brain kind of looks for patterns like faces and things mm-hmm. yeah uh, pareidolia is the common psychological phenomenon where the human brain seeks out recognizable and familiar patterns and shapes in un- unclear unfamiliar images so would you accidentally think you saw a person probably so according to iflscience.com when the sun is low and the conditions are right a shadow is cast by the walker into the mist making it appear as if tall uh, or as if a tall, shadowy figure is watching them from nearby. It's just a uh, mouse that's watching them, and he just looks really big because the shadow is there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's actually a little tiny guy with yeah. a, a wide-brimmed head. <laughs> um, the water droplets that make up the mist can shift around, causing a disorienting effect as though the shadow is moving, and sometimes towards the observer. And actually, like it's it's your own shadow. Yeah. Oh, you're. Oh, oh. So it's like it's an actual optical illusion. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. There's there's actually a similar place where this is is known to happen. Uh, German locals near the Harz Mountains have reported seeing shadowy figures on Brocken Peak. So yeah, it's it's a known phenomenon. And on top of that, uh, sometimes doesn't make it any less creepy though. When the wind is blowing in certain mountain ranges, there's like frequencies that that you can hear. Yeah, and some some frequencies will do things to the human brain. Um, so in 2003, a psychologist and paranormal debunker, Richard Wiseman, uh, and several colleagues conducted an uh, infrasound experiment. They subjected about 700 people to a concert featuring four pieces of music, two of which contained 17 hertz tones at a volume just at the edge of human hearing. Uh, as a result, about 22% of the audience reported feeling anxious, uneasy, or fearful, and others Ooh. reported, like, a pressure on their chest and chills running up their spine. Ooh. And so, like, there's just, there's a spooky... No, but you add all that together. You add in, like, the fact that everything's playing tricks with your eyes, and then there's frequencies that are causing your body to, like, get Feel weird like anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So, that's kind Ooh. of fun. I think they should actually like put to, they should do tours in that area during that time. No, because like you could do like a haunted tour and just come up with some kind of like BS kind of little stories about the sightings or you know whatever as you go mm-hmm. along. 
but like the people would feel the frequency and then they would see the optical illusions and it would like really pay into it you know i wouldn't be surprised if someone does oh and <laughs> if you didn't anything. and if, if there isn't one right now and you get that idea from us that's okay just try to give us like free access or something like yeah you know, yeah 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 flies out there for the, <laughs> the opening we'll do an actual live recording there yes <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got for me, Spring? Ooh, well, mine is called Save the Drama for Your Mama. <laughs> it's uh, Adachi Gahara comes from Japanese folklore. Her name means peace and quiet, which is on the nose and misleading at the same time. <laughs> because she is often portrayed as a cannibalistic spirit holding a knife and ready to kill children. Jeez. So, <laughs> peace and she, quiet. As long as she does it peacefully. <laughs> there are many stories that go with this woman dealing with her origin and um, her interactions with travelers. And she's also known as Unibaba of uh, Adachigahara. And Adachigahara is also the name of the eastern shore of the Abuku, Abukuma River and the eastern base of Mount Adatara in the Fukushima de- district. Okay, I was going to say, these sound Japanese. I it is all to, Japanese, and I confirm. spelt it out very phonically on my phone <laughs> so I could read it nicely for you people, okay? The folktale talks of a trap. This is kind of a common folktale where a traveler um, seeks shelter at night, comes upon a cave or a cabin, and an old woman answers the door and agrees to let the traveler come in. Shortly after, the old woman tells the traveler that she needs to leave and to go get something. Either it's like she needs more wood or more ingredients for dinner because she wasn't expecting a guest. So she leaves. And before leaving, she tells the traveler that they need to stay in the room. That they're not supposed to like go around and poke their head and open up doors and go you know where they're not intended. Just stay in this room. Well, always, as always in these fairy tales, the man agrees. But he kind of has his fingers crossed behind his back because he isn't going to listen to that. And the moment that she leaves, they go snooping around. And in one of the rooms, the traveler finds a pile of bones and there's blood everywhere. Seeing the red flag, (laughs) he books it out of the cabin or the cave. And once outside, the old woman sees the man taking off. And she's smart enough to know that he obviously was snooping around. And then she transforms into a goblin and chases after him. (laughs) In some versions, the man gets away. Like, he just kind of, like, she has a boundary that she can't go past. Or once he, like, gets far enough ahead, she gives up and then heads back to her house or cave or whatever. In other versions, there is a small statue of a Guan Yin or a mercy, goddess of mercy that the guy pulls out and he starts a chant. And the chanting makes the statue float into the sky and jump around. And a giant white demon slaying bow... And an arrow made of indestructible material with properties of diamonds and thunderbolts appears and it kills the goblin. Damn. Well, I don't, so either he gets away or it's like this epic, you know, shit right. happens. <laughs> either way, they prevail over exactly. the goblin lady. But it's kind of like a, a story for travelers that if you're traveling along, just be careful of where you seek lodging because they're that might be a flesh eating you know goblin kind of a thing yeah true although there needs to be another one just mind your own business well maybe, true true you know? yeah she told you not to look in that room like 
<laughs> what the fuck, dude? Although in this case, it helped him, but still. <laughs> but still, what if she was like actually a really nice lady and she just had like a bunch of her unmentionables hanging up to dry in the other room and she's like, I don't want this man to see my giant floppy granny panties right. <laughs> hanging in my bathroom. He'll anyway. throw him in the bay and he'll turn into a sea monster like that other Japanese tale. <laughs> well, details of her origin are varied, but the main ideas are pretty consistent. A woman named Iwete was a nurse or a high-ranking woman in uh, Japanese court who had access to the royal family, and she was devoted to the children of the emperor. One of the emperor's children, some stories say prince, some say princess, had an incurable disease that made them unable to speak. So Iwete, being so devoted to the family, she went to a fortune teller to find out how can we lift this illness and this curse on the child, and the fortune teller told her, that um the well there's two different versions of this because it it there's i found three different ways that the origin kind of goes and two of them kind of follow the same line of she was relate with the royal family affiliated with them and she was looking for a cure so the first one is that iwete was told that she could cure the child by collecting the blood of children born of a specific month she killed and drained numerous children. Does they have one? Ouch. <laughs> and brought the blood to the prince. After the prince was cured, she confessed to the murders and was pardoned. Years later, the guilt of all of her crimes transformed her into a goblin that would attack travelers. And she was still able to shapeshift into a human form to start with kind of mm-hmm. a thing. But she was, or she's actually at heart now this goblin. The second version has Iwete being told that she needed to take the liver of a fetus that was still in the womb to make the cure. Jeez. Yeah. Determined to save the royal child, she stowed away in a cave, leaving behind her husband and daughter. She stayed in the cave for years, waiting for the right victim to come along. And I'm thinking she could have easily have found any pregnant one. I don't think she wanted to do it. Because why would you wait years knowing that this kid is waiting for you to give him a cure? He's hardly going to be a kid anymore. Exactly. So uh, one night, a couple stopped at the cave looking for shelter overnight. Because apparently that was a big thing for travelers back in the day. That if you were like traveling along and there was no inn, you just stopped at a local house and asked if you could stay there for the night. So they came upon a cave. They asked the old lady if they could stay. And the old lady was like, yeah, sure. Fate would have it that the the young woman and the couple was pregnant, heavily pregnant. That before the morning, she started to go into labor. Her husband left to go to the village to bring somebody or something back, like medicine or a doctor back, to help out with the delivery. Uh, Iwete, seeing her opportunity, grabbed a knife and sliced open the woman's belly, taking the liver from the baby. As she was finishing up, she spotted a protection amulet around the woman's neck. It was the same amulet she left for her daughter all those years ago. Seeing that she had just murdered her own daughter, she went crazy and started to attack all travelers. And she trans uh, sucking out their blood and livers. And eventually she transformed into Unibaba the cannibal. <laughs> so the last version I found was of a warrior who was tasked to infiltrate the enemy territory. He brought along his wife as a cover-up, but um, they gave their daughter to a nurse to keep and safe until they returned. Mm-hmm. While the couple were on their mission, Owete's husband was killed, and she was so overcome with grief that she refused to go back without his body, so she ended up staying there for decades. 
Um, one night she was hanging out at her home when a young couple stopped at her home looking for lodging till the morning. Seeing the woman was with child, a wet day took pity on them and let her come in. As the night grew on, she was growing irritated and jealous of the affection the couple were showing each other. She was like really pissed. Like, why are you guys being so happy? Like, uh, like bitter woman. <laughs> in rage, she grabbed a knife and killed the young woman only to find out it was actually her daughter. And she wept for seven days and seven nights. And on the seventh night, she transformed into the Unibaba. Damn. I know. And I thought that was pretty intense because there's even yeah, pictures. Well, yeah. Jeez. But there is a picture. It's a color. I found it on Wikipedia. The And it's it's under, oh, I'm going to say this one wrong because it's. I think it's Kurokuza. And it means Black Mound, and it's where apparently when the Unibaba was killed, this is where she was buried. Okay. And so uh, that's where you would find it on Wikipedia. But there's a picture that has been banned from the from some government for disturbing morals. And it kind of shows Ooh. like a demon with a woman heavily pregnant tied upside down, and it looks like they're getting ready to to make a sacrifice of some sort. Brutal. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Just like she she wanted to do good by saving the prince, but she ended up having to sacrifice a lot of kids. And now she's just known as being this peace and quiet. Yes. <laughs> a woman with knives well, things, trying to kill children. Things are pretty quiet when there's no kids. <laughs> <laughs> killed them all. Yeah, killed them all. But so I I found that to be an amazingly interesting story of how the ends justify the means or but they don't or it's just a twisted tale of what the fuck <laughs> All of, each version of that is like I cannot find a a, a good moral in like any the, of those But when it comes to female like female creatures demons or whatever they always have some kind of like they're either killing old people or children i don't understand why if it's a female evil entity it's always got to be about children or elderly people kind of it's it's almost more like like a a, a prey thing more yeah because there's plenty of of situations where they're like luring men yeah well and and that's what she was doing by you know luring guys into her her travelers rarely do they seem to be killing other women (laughs) it's like and there's like kids there's an old people i think with the old people at least with like actual serial killers and stuff you have the um angels of mercy yeah yes so mm. that's that's intriguing that so there you go. I um don't go visiting uh random homes if you're out traveling late at night and if you're heavily pregnant, please do not go visiting caves or random homes because there might be a little emperor or empress that needs a liver. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye on And them. <laughs> and I also think a good moral of the story is that if you're told to stay in a room, don't be snooping around in somebody else's house because you might find things you're not too excited to see. Except that in this case, that saved him. Like true, he probably would have. She probably would have killed him in his sleep, and he would have just been added to the pile of bones. <laughs> or she could have just been like, you know what? I've killed a lot of people so far. I'm just gonna like give Maybe this one a she, break. She only kills you if you snoop. And that I don't one, know. That one got away. And we, that's how she tests if you're a trustworthy, good human being. Yeah. We'll have to find out ourselves. We'll do the research on our own. <laughs> just go visiting old ladies in caves.
we will do the dangerous stuff for you. You don't have to worry. (laughs) (laughs) All All right. right. Well, you guys, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs) Want to help us get into more ears? Help us grow by following, rating, and reviewing wherever you're listening. This is especially helpful in iTunes, so pop over and give us a rating if you can. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Feel free to leave any questions or comments.